I want to just leave off last week's topic, which was judging people favorably, giving every person the benefit of the doubt, and we went into that in great detail and specificity. I want to leave you with one story that I learned this week that I think really gives us a very good, a very good understanding, hopefully, of how we need to never jump to conclusion. So one morning, a teacher walks into class, and teacher walked into class a little, a little late. And one of the students, a young student, like second or third grade, goes to the rabbi, the teacher, you know, while he's sitting in a seat, and he goes like this. So, I mean, we immediately assume, I mean, what are you trying to, what's going on here? Is this child trying to, you know, teach a lesson to his teacher? Look, you know, you know, you're late, what's going on? And throughout the entire class, the kid is smiling and looking at his watch. And the teacher's getting really upset. What is this child, you know, criticizing me, critiquing me on my timeliness? And the teacher says, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to hold it back. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Okay? Now, I'm going to let you decide what to do if you were the teacher. As soon as class ended, the child ran to the teacher and said to him, look at my new watch my father got me. And he was so excited to show it to him. The child had absolutely no thought in his mind to critique or criticize his teacher, but he was only excited. Now, many times such <clears throat> things happen to us. We're like, how dare you? That's because we have a certain perspective that we think everybody else sees it the way we see it. But meanwhile, they're living in their own little world and they're trying to show something else. So before we rush to judgment about other people making judgments about us or trying to criticize us, let's always think of this little child. He's just trying to show his rabbi, his teacher, his new watch, and nothing more than that. Okay? So I thought that would be an important tool for us when we approach the topic of, and this is a daily thing. Every day we have this challenge of how do I deal with judging people favorably, okay? In every situation, whatever happens, you see someone walking in the street, you see someone talking in the street, you see someone in the supermarket, wherever you go, we constantly have situations where we might want to judge a person and Torah doesn't, knows that we're not big enough to not judge. We are judge we're, we're all judges. We're all judges. But the Torah is telling us before you judge them, let's just stop a second, deliberate. One of the first Mishnahs in Ethics of Our Fathers talks to judges, says that you should deliberate before you make a judgment. Right? You wouldn't be a judge on a court hearing and just say, <coughs> guilty. Right? Speeding ticket, guilty, I'm not even listening, right? What do you mean? You would deliberate, you let them talk, you let them, you want to hear the other side, you want to, it's not automatically guilty. And our sages ask, well, the first Mishnah in Pirkei Avot, in Ethics of Our Fathers, talking about judges only? No, our sages tell us, guess what? You are a judge. Every single day, you are a judge. You're judging your own actions, you're judging other people's actions. And when you do so, deliberate before rushing to judgment. All right? Deliberate. Consider other options. Maybe there's a different side of the story. And that way, we'll live in a world that'll be hopefully harmonious, peaceful, and loving because we don't judge people in a negative way. Okay? So, 
The topic today is Menuchat HaNefesh. Menuchat HaNefesh means, I would, say, I would want to say peace of mind or peacefulness or peace of the soul or in English, equanimity. Okay, equanimity means a, a, like the word equal should write balance, a balance of our temper, a balance of our emotions and just take a deep breath. Okay, it's a very important trait. In fact, it's such an important trait that over Shabbat, what we try to do is unwind and unwind and unwind every layer of stress and tension that we have during the week. We got to run, we got to hustle, we got to bustle, we got to make a new living, we got to earn this, we got to get that, we got to buy that. Like all of the things that we need to do, they add a lot of stress. You know what Shabbos is? Ba Shabbos, ba Menucha. When Shabbos comes, rest, peacefulness, equanimity comes. And many layers of stress, that onion of stress, and you take it apart layer by layer. Do you know the last prayer of Shabbat is the mincha service, the afternoon service on Shabbat afternoon? And that whole prayer is talking about menucha, about peacefulness, about equanimity. Shouldn't that be in the beginning? Shouldn't that be in the beginning of Shabbos? We start off with menucha. It's time to rest. Actually, there's a song that we sing, one of the Zmirot that we sing on Shabbat is Menucha V'Simcha, rest and peacefulness and joy. It's one of the songs that we sing at our Shabbos tables. But the idea here is to be part of our prayer, to get Menucha, to get this equanimity is such an important thing, but it takes time. It takes time to let off all, to, to peel off all of those layers of stress. And that's what our sages instilled in the Shabbos prayer, specifically towards the end of Shabbos, because it takes all of that time to just let go of everything, to realize we're in the hands of Hashem, to realize, now I'll tell you, this is one of my pet peeves, this is one of my favorite topics to discuss, is the balance between stress and faith in Hashem. Because the more faith in Hashem you have, the less stress you have. You ever worry about what, what's going to be? You just lost your job. What am I going to do? How am I going to support my family? <laughs> and people start getting very nervous and very stressed. And what am I going to do? And everything is like... Or you have one very easy parachute. It's called trust in Hashem. Hashem will take care of it. And I have nothing in the world to worry about. He's got it. He runs a very big world. He'll take care of my world too. He's going to handle it. Hashem is Ein Od Muvado. There's no other power. There's no other force other than the Almighty. So if I truly believe that, then what's my problem? Nothing to worry about. Because Hashem's got it for me. He's got it all taken care of. He is the one who is able to provide, to sustain, to cure, you know, to really protect, take care of all of our worries. So the truth is that when we stress, we lock up. And when we relax, we loosen up. When we have the faith in Hashem, we loosen up. Like, ah, we're on flying, we're, we're on a giant's shoulders. The Almighty is the giant, and we're on his shoulders, and he's carrying us, and he's protecting us. I am sure, and I have many stories to back this up. I've said this story in the past, but I have a friend of mine who called me up in terrible distress. He was crying, and this is a person who does very well 
drives nice cars and has a lovely house that's, of course, all paid off. And he has his vacation home and he has all of his uh, timeshares and he has his vacation. He knows in 2021 exactly when he's going on vacation. And he knows in 2022 exactly and all of the conferences that he's going to be lecturing at. And he's got it all planned out and all worked out. Until one day, his boss told him that he no longer has a job in the company. And this is a company he worked for 30 years. And he's given his life's blood to it. He's given his day and night, his everything to this job. And he called me sobbing, Rabbi, what do I do? So I said to him, do you believe in Hashem? He says, I do. I said, then I want you to ask him what you want. Tell him what you want and ask him to help you. He says, he can't do anything. This is a boss. My boss just fired me. I said, watch the magic. I said, I want you to do me a favor. I said, I want you to take a piece of paper. Of course, I provided the emotional support. I said, I'm so sorry. I took right. Okay. Beyond that, try to write. And I said to him, I want you to take a piece of paper and write down what you wish to happen. And he wrote down that he wishes to work for this company, not to work for this boss, to work for a different region. And it's very difficult because they've never made such an exception in entire. They have thousands of employees that have never made an exception like this, where someone can be in a specific region and not work for the regional director. You have to work. But that was his dream. I said, great, if that's your dream, Hashem is the only one who can make it happen. After dealing with attorneys and dealing with all of the other you know, things, he was offered a very handsome settlement. I mean, a, a eight digits of settlement because it was, uh, they, they were also Christians and they were trying to, every time they saw him, they said, you know, we pray for you. You should believe in our Lord and Savior, et cetera. A lot of religious discrimination and so on and so forth. And uh, at the end, he de- declined the settlement, but instead said he will not press any charges. He will not do anything if they allow him to continue to work for the company with dignity but under a different region. And he did that. And he got everything that he requested for. And I asked him after, I said, you thought it wasn't going to happen. He says, I knew it wasn't going to happen. I said, so what changed? You just let go a little bit. And you let Hashem carry you through. You let go. Hashem is that big crane that lifts you up. And you're just like, you're holding on. You don't want to let go. Because I'm here to save you. I'm here to help you. I'm going to put you in a better place and put you down there. No, no, I don't want to let go. Let go. Hashem is there. It's Ein Od Novado. There's no one who has power over Hashem. None. No force, no power. Right? So, look, I don't have the answer for every story. I don't have the answer. But Hashem does. He's got the answer. And he is the author of this book. He is going to guide us and mentor us and show us through thick and thin a, a new path, a new direction. And give us that guidance. But the only way to connect to it is to have that relationship with Hashem. Look, there are many tragic stories. There are many people who live in poverty. There are many sad situations that are very troubling. How do we understand the Holocaust? How do we understand all of these things? There's no way to understand that, right? At, at least from an emotional standpoint, there's no way to understand it. From an intellectual, we may not be so pleased with it. But the idea here is that Hashem is the, he's got the master plan here. And this is taking us way off topic because the real idea that we want to get to here is that peace of mind comes when we're able to let go. We have to be able to take a deep breath. And, you know, I don't want to share too much information because the person may be on the call here. 
okay? But someone just recently I know was heartbroken by a situation that was devastating in their life, only to open up a new door to make life much better for them, okay? So while one door closes, there's always another door that opens. We sometimes are standing there by the door like, I don't believe it. This door just closed on me. But my life is ending. Can you believe it? I don't have a job now. My dignity is gone. My family, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Just turn to the side. Hashem is telling us, there's a new door opening up for you. There's a new opportunity, right? There's a whole new world that you're going to be introduced to. We have to understand that our world that we live in is a world where everything, we're educated, that everything needs to make sense to us. One plus one equals two, and that's it. And that's not true. One plus one can equal whatever God wants it to equal. Okay? You know, they say the joke about the, a company was looking for, for a, an accountant. So they have people waiting, a very high-paying job. This is going to be a senior accountant, accounting uh, you know, position. They're interviewing one person after another person. The line is around the block. Finally, this elderly Jewish man comes, and they interview him, and they ask him, so what's two plus two? And he answers back, what would you like it to be? They're like, oh, hired. Right? So, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, of course, it's a joke. I'm just kidding. But, but the idea here is that when we say one plus one equals two, that's in our mind, that's what it should equal to. That's what it should equal. Right? You put one and another one. But in Hashem's world, that's not necessarily true. Hashem could make one plus one equal 11. Hashem could make one plus one equal 11 million. He can make one plus one equal anything. How many people do we know who don't have degrees, who haven't been trained in specific areas that are so successful? It's beyond belief. Right? One second. How's it? It's luck? No. Hashem has given every person the sheer that they need to accomplish their challenge in life. Every person. We're not here on an equal playing field. It's not true. It's not true that we're all here on an equal playing field. It's not true, right? That whole premise that we're all born the same, we all have the equal opportunity, it's not true. We're all different. We're all unique. We're all special. We all are going to face throughout our lifetimes different challenges. But we do have something in common. And that is that if we cling to Hashem, He will take us through it. And we're in for the journey of our lives stress-free. So when we talk about equanimity, what we're essentially talking about is being able to let go, right? Again, we talk about ato echad, v'shimcha echad, right? This is what we say on, on Shabbos in the Mincha service. The way we start talking about menucha, about to equanimity, about a, a pleasant, relaxed environment is with ato echad, v'shimcha echad. You are one and your name is one. The only way to get up to a point of equanimity is when we put our reliance on Hashem. Now, it's a big bullet to bite because we have been growing up and nurtured in an American culture where everything is about financial security. I have my insurance in case I lose this and in case I lose that. I always have an insurance to back it up. Right? Who buys a washing machine without a warranty? We need to have a guarantee for everything. So what, on what do are we willing to rely on Hashem? On what are we ready to say, you know what? 
I trust that Hashem will take care of me. That is a whole new world that we want to engage our minds in and our lives in. Elon Musk, just last week, you know, he had a very big week. The dragon came back from space and the two astronauts came back healthy, safe, and it was really incredible. And he said in, in the speech after that, he said, you, you guys know I'm not a believer, but even I prayed. Okay. <laughs> that means at the end of the day, you know, even even I pray that they come back healthy, that they come. What do you mean? If you don't believe, what are you praying? Because deep inside, everybody believes. We can cover it up with a lot of makeup. We can cover it up with a lot of dress and fanfare and cars and houses and all of these different things. Uh, saying how oh, I'm so great and I'm so smart and I'm so, and I'm so wealthy. But at the end of the day, deep inside, everyone believes. We all have a, a point that's called the, the point of emuna. The point of our faith. We all have it. Okay? And that is something that we want to now take from a little bud and make it into a blossoming flower. We want to take it and, and make that as the centerpiece of our life so that it's not that I call it when I'm in my fight or flight situation, but rather on my daily experience every single day to be able to call onto Hashem and have this peacefulness that I know, you know what, Hashem is going to take care of me. He's going to take care of me because he loves me. Just a father and a mother take care of their children. When there's something that's concerning the child, they want to help, they want to take care. Hopefully, Hashem is much more than that. Hashem is our creator. It, it's an amazing thing. In this week's parsha, it says, Uma Hashem What does Hashem demand from us? If not only but to fear Hashem. Now, what does fear mean? Fear means to see Hashem. Yira means Yira'eh, to be visible to you. You should be able to see Hashem in everything that goes on. And our sages explain, the Talmud explains, that Uma Hashem, and what does Hashem? The word Ma is really Me'ah. Me'ah means 100, the 100 blessings that we are obligated to say every day. King David taught us that a person needs to say 100 blessings every day. We have the Amidah, which is 19 blessings we say thrice daily. We have the, all the morning blessings. We have blessings before we eat, blessings after we eat. I just want to share with you while we're on this topic that the, our sages tell us that the key to success in our livelihood, the key to success in our spirituality, and the key to success in raising good children is the proper recital of the Birkat Amazon, of the praise, grace after meals. Yet one who says it inside, our sages promise unbelievable livelihood. Inside, reading it inside. It's an amazing thing. You know, in the abbreviated... We, okay, so let me just go step back a second. There are six blessings before we eat food. Six different categories of food. There's bread, hamotzi lechem. There's grape juice and wine, which is bore prihagafen. We have on cakes and pastries, which is borei mineh mezonot. We have on tree uh, fruits from the tree, which is borei pri ha'etz. We have vegetables that grow from the ground, which is borei pri ha'adama. And then we have for other things like sugar, like chicken and meat and all the other things and eggs that don't grow from the ground directly. And right, so all of those are shahakol. 
which is the general blessing. After we eat, there are three different categories of blessings. There's Birkat Amazon, which is four blessings, right? The Birkat Amazon is the grace after meals, which is after bread only. Then you have the Me'en Shalosh, which is the abbreviated three blessings, which is called Borein of Alamichia. And the Alamichia is only for cakes and wine, pastries and wine. And then you have for the others, if you only ate an apple, if you only ate a candy, you ate some popcorn, you ate chicken, meat, potatoes, those you have an even shorter blessing called Borene Fashot. And our sages say something really amazing. In the blessing of Me'en Shalosh, of the middle one, okay, it says over there two words that aren't found in any of the other blessings, which is Bikdusha Uvetahara, with holiness and with purity. And you wonder, what? Why doesn't it say it in the other blessings that we should have this holiness and purity? Because our sages explain that when we praise God after eating a meal with bread, what do you, how do you eat bread? You sit down and you eat bread, you wash your hands, right? It's a meal. It's with holiness. It's with purity. So you don't need to have it mentioned in the Birkat Amazon to remind you of the holiness and purity of eating bread. But when you eat pastries, when you're drinking your coffee, you drink, you could be standing, you could be running, you're on your way, you're eating in the car. Don't forget Bikdusha of Tahara. Don't forget the holiness and purity that is in, within you. And you should be embodying it when you eat as well. Even though they're small foods and they're easy foods, you shouldn't forget the importance of the holiness and purity that we have within us. A very interesting thing. There are many sources to these blessings that come upon a person who's careful to say the Birkat Amazon. But what's the idea of all of these blessings? What's the idea of all of these blessings? You've heard this from me so many times that we have a plethora of blessings, hundreds and hundreds of different types of blessings. What's this obsession with blessings? Everything has another blessing in Judaism. And that's exactly it because we are obsessed with happiness. And we don't want a single pleasure to pass us by without us taking pleasure in it, in acknowledging and appreciating. So when you have your cup of coffee, don't just run out of your house with your coffee and your bag in your hand with your papers and run out the door. Stop a second. Ah, what a delicious smelling coffee. Take in the flavor. Stop a second. The world is all running. We don't stop to enjoy it. And then what do you do before you take your sip? Baruch Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you for this delicious opportunity. Right? Thank you for this vessel that I have to thank you. This coffee becomes a vessel now of holiness because I use it as a tool to thank Hashem. What does it do to us when we do that? What does it do to each and every one of us, of us when we are able to stop and, have, make and, and recite a blessing? It takes a layer off us. I'm in Hashem's hands. He loves me. He takes care of me. He nourishes me. He gives us the abundance that we have in this world. It really is remarkable. Every single bite we eat, we have to give thanks. There shouldn't be a pleasure in our lifetime that we enjoy, that we don't say, Hashem, thank you. Just pick up your hands. If you don't know the exact blessing, thank you, Hashem. Thank you. And that way, we don't live a life of just repetitive emptiness of just, oh, it does taste good. It doesn't taste good. Stop and think. Feel 
the gratitude, feel the goodness of what Hashem is giving to us. Okay? This only adds to our serenity, to our peacefulness, that we realize we're in the hand of Hashem. So what Menuch HaSanefesh is take time to relax, to unwind, which is, by the way, the gift of Shabbos. The gift of Shabbos is a designated, prefabricated, okay? It's, you know, you get these envelopes in the mail, say, pre-approved. This is pre-built into our life, our amazing life as the Jewish people. We have a pre-installed Shabbos. Every seventh day, you take off. This is time for you to just off. Turn it all off and don't worry about the world. Don't worry about anything. Hashem says, you don't have money for Shabbos food? You can borrow on me and I will return it. I will pay it back. It's one of the promises that we have. And Hashem says, you don't have enough money? I will pay it back for you. Buy it for Shabbos on my account. What type of promise can any human being make like that? Imagine if, every, if a million Jews, each one spent the dollar every Shabbos. There'd be a million dollars Hashem has to pay back every Shabbos. Hashem has endless money. Hashem has no shortage of money. Much more than the American government. Okay? And Hashem doesn't even need to print it. Or steal it, or have, you know, loans. I remember when I was uh, about 18 years old, I was heading to the former Soviet Union. I was running a summer camp there for 250 kids. And I remember I was very stressed out. I was running a, I had to hire 25 American counselors. I had to deal with a Russian counterpart. And I had, you know, there was a lot of logistics that needed to get worked out. And everything I was doing, I was in Israel. And I had to get all of that to Ukraine. And it was like, it was a lot going on. And I remember my boss at the time gave me a surprise visit the day before I was leaving to camp. He gave me a surprise video. I was, I was in yeshiva, and he says, he comes to me in yeshiva, and he says, come with me. And I come into his car, and he takes out this little stress ball. And he says to me, take a deep breath and breathe out. Take another deep breath and breathe out. And take that ball and squeeze it and get all your, he says, everything will be fine. Okay. It's right before a lot of tension. There's a lot of stress. Just take a deep breath. Now, what's the problem with all of us before we have a dinner? Anybody who's ever run a dinner, I see Scott is here. He's ran dinners. Right? I've run many dinners before as well. Uh, anybody who's been, you know, you, you have 500 people at an event, 1,000 people. You have so many details, so many things going. And there's, there's like this buildup and this tension unless you're ready to say, you know what? I did everything I can do. And now... If Hashem, now, I've challenged executive directors, many of them. I said, you know what? How many times were you worried about a glitch that happened two days before? And you're all stressed out about it, and then it just worked itself out for whatever reason. And all of that stress was in vain. We've all had that. And when things you didn't expect just showed up out of nowhere, and things you didn't plan and things you didn't anticipate just happened, and the remedy was there. How many times do we have this every single day of our lives where we're anticipating one thing to happen and another thing happens? You know what? We have to realize that Hashem is taking care of us every single day. You know what? I, I have 
an amazing wife. And, and many of you know that we have the, this uh, Wednesdays with Walby's class. And for the next two Wednesdays, we're not going to be teaching the class, sadly. So my wife and I, much to our uh, chagrin, all right, we love teaching that class. We love doing it. But the scheduling right now with camping and carpools and everything just made it impossible. And we don't want to change the time. We want to keep it on Wednesdays at 2. And so, God willing, the last Wednesday of August, we will resume that class. But for me, I've been teaching many, many years. Okay, I've been teaching for 15 years on a daily basis. My wife is taught a lot, but not as much. And sometimes, and I always want to remind her that you know that every time it works out, it really does. It works out. In everything in life, it works out. And the problem is that sometimes we're like, well, what am I going to do? What, what? It's okay. It'll work out. It'll work out. Now, my wife tells me that I have a different problem is that I'm too calm. Okay. So can you sometimes get stressed? Like when we were heading to the airport, heading to New York, my wife says, so what is your stress level right now? I said, zero. I just, I don't know what you're talking about. Like what's it to be stressed out about? She's like, what do you mean? We got to get nine of us on a plane. We have... It's like, and all of the all of the logistics now. It could be that I'm just too aloof and spaced out, and I just don't get it. Okay, but I, I that's very possible. But the idea here is that is that we have to recognize that in the grand scheme of things, I mean, if I look back at the last 42 years, Hashem took care of me pretty well. He's got to figure it out. I think he knows exactly what he needs to do. Okay, I think. Right. If I just stop worrying, I'll see that show unfold. The problem is when we keep on worrying, we're not allowing ourselves the opportunity to just see the beautiful, you know, the beautiful presentation, the miracles that happen to us. We don't allow it because we want to be in control of every single detail. This has to work and that has to work and this has to work. It'll all be fine. Everything will work out. How many times did it not work out? Think in your lifetime, how many times was it just a total catastrophe? I guarantee if you're all thinking now of certain situations, you know what? At the end of the day, it worked out better than I expected. But it was by coincidence. It was not by coincidence. Hashem pinpointed you and said, you know what? I'm closing this door and that door so that you take that option because that's the only option that's good for you. And when we try to fight it, and we try to say, no, I'm going to get that job because I'm going to show everyone I'm going to do it. And then we have a miserable time. We say, I should never have done that. Hashem opened up the other door for me and I didn't want to go in. And I insisted on cracking the other door open. It doesn't work. It's a mid, right? Hashem, we, we have to see that big picture. I never, ever saw my grandfather in a panic. Ever. My grandfather was a very holy, righteous man. Never, ever did I see him in a panic. But I've been present. I've actually told him about certain situations that were really pretty serious, okay? He had a great sage that passed away. <gasps> yeah, people, oh my goodness, I... Calm. There was an equanimity. There was a process. There was, a, there was never this crazy reaction of, you know, it was never the case. I just want to share with you a very interesting story that I read yesterday, someone once came to the Chazon Ish and he said to him that, he said, my son was talking during davening 
So I yelled at him to stop davening. So the Chazanish said to him, you taught him two things. Number one, you taught him with words that he shouldn't talk. Number two, you taught him with action that it's okay to get angry. The problem is he's only going to remember the latter because you learn from actions, you don't learn from words. He says, you just taught your son that it's okay to get angry. We learn from example. It's an important thing, right? I never saw my grandfather panic. I never saw him stressed. No such thing. Why? If I'm in the hand of Hashem, I have nothing to worry. Hashem li lo ira. When Hashem is with me, I have nothing to worry. I have nothing to fear. So calmness keeps you balanced. It keeps you focused. It keeps you wise. And it also keeps you less angry. It keeps you less on edge. Right? We need to you know, learn if it's to put on music, pleasant music to keep us calm. I remember my rabbi once told me, he said, make sure that particularly when you're raising children, always have music on in the house. It has a great, gives a great atmosphere for the children. It releases the tension. It makes the place in the home more pleasant. The children should always be in an environment that's happy, that's healthy, that's, that's, that has energy, that has positive energy. It's something that we need to continue to instill into our children to have a pleasantness and a happy environment. The calm one is greater than the warrior. This is in Proverbs. And the self-controlled is greater than the conqueror. You want to know what a warrior is? You want to know someone, someone who's strong? Someone who's able to overcome his impulse. Someone who's able to contain himself, right? To stay calm, to, to stay controlled of your reactions. People are told bad news. People are told shocking information, and people go, ah, they're screaming and yelling. That's a lack of control, even if it's good news. There's no control of the person. person should take the good information, take it in, absorb it. That doesn't mean that you should be devoid of energy, of excitement, but you should be able to contain yourself. You have to be proactive, but you can't rely on yourself. You have to rely on the Almighty, which is what the Torah teaches us. Rely on the Almighty. He's got the big picture here. You see, all 